Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now in a futuristic world that has embraced ape slavery Caesar, the son of the late Simeons, Cornelius and Zira, surfaces after almost 20 years of hiding out from the authorities and prepares for a slave revolt against humanity. Yeah! Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy with a one-life plot holes and gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steve and Izzy. Now, the biggest, the newest, the most exciting of all the Planet of the Apes pictures. Climaxed by the spectacular revolt of the apes. The most awesome, the most horrifying spectacle in the annals of science fiction. First pampered as pets, then abused as servants, now oppressed as slaves. Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, learned I Learned From Movies. movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. Uh, we continue January of the Apes <laughs> with 1972's Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, but we are not alone. <gasps> what? We have a very special guest with us. Welcome. How dare you, Steve? <laughs> Fighting guests without asking me. I haven't even cleaned up the house. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> We have Craig with Matinee Heroes. Welcome, Craig. Is that a rat? No, that was that, actually That was a cat, cat jumping towards our, our faces because he's old <laughs> as shit. We have an old senile oh. cat that fans of this here podcast know, uh, Mr. Pickles, a.k.a. Pickles Cage. And, uh, yeah, he's a crazy old man. 
He's, he's just, 16 and has kitty dementia, and apparently right now is exercise time. Yeah, he can't decide whether he wants to jump on top of us while we're podcasting or just run around the house screaming. It's weird. It's fine. That's <laughs> it, it, It's getting me in the mood to talk about animals overcoming and, and beating into submission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, I do Matinee Heroes, which you have guested on in the past. That is a movie where we take heroic cinema and try to pull life lessons and things we can learn from it. Uh, instead of just talking about the movies, we'd like to talk about specific things in the movies that we can use as regular Joe Schmoes, not necessarily heroes in everyday life. So that's we go through old school movies, new school movies. Uh, I, I'm with my co-host Alan Cerny, who is a movie reviewer for ComingSoon.net. So we get his expertise and my obnoxiousness, and we put it together, and we make Matinee Heroes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, we're about to uh, pop open a beverage. Do you have a, a beverage that you're drinking on your end? I am drinking water with Ooh. a squeeze of Mio sweet tea. Ooh, fancy. No, it's not really fancy. It's just I can't make tea, so I just kind of squeeze. It's If you don't know these Mio's, they're little, they're, I call them squeezins. They're just flavors that you squeeze into water. <laughs> so I, I, I can't. Oh yeah, they have one that tastes like Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's true. My, my favorite one it's, is orange vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> I put it, I put it in Sprite Zero, and I make orange Ooh. vanilla soda, like a creamsicle. Yeah. yeah, like it. Hey, right, Babel, what, what do you got over there? Ah, well, since we are far too sober to do this episode right now, we have from Trader Joe's Joseph Brow Winter Brew Dark Double Bock Lager. Mm. Yeah, let's see, where's he? Seven point five ABV. I like it. <laughs> I'm shocked. It's actually a beer I've had. I was I was worried that we were <gasps> going to talk about beers and you guys being aficionados, and I'm just like a yeah, I'll just take whatever. My wife usually just orders beers for me and. That's one I've actually had. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. It is. Yeah, we're on a Trader Joe's kick, as you'll see later. Uh, but here, I'm going to pop my top. Oh, my top. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Why isn't this bottle opener working? I, I have no idea. All right, there we go. Good. Mm, I thought you were clipping I can already smell the malty goodness. We're going <laughs> to in the pour. All right. This is a beautiful dark colored bock. It's got a uh, light khaki colored head. Mm, nice, uh, nice malty aroma. Almost no hop, hop aromas in it. Yeah, you can get the banana and the clove from the uh, the yeast. Oh wow! Steve's gone in for the taste. Yeah, very malt forward, but uh, yeah, a little, little bit of bitterness in there, like a noble hop bitterness. Yeah, very raisiny. Yeah, I got a little yeah, like raisins, like dates. Kind of mm -hmm. a flavor to it, yeah. I, Excellent example of a of a double bock. Yeah, I I enjoy this beer quite a bit. <laughs> okay, here, why don't you have more of mine? <laughs> I didn't pour out half. It didn't all fit in my electric unicorn cup. Ooh, <laughs> good stuff. Check out Trader Joe's; they got some good beers and really inexpensive. You can get your craft beer on cheap. <laughs> Excellent. So, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, nineteen seventy two. From director J. Lee Thompson. Who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, he has 49 credits, uh, dating back as far as 1915, going until late 80s. But the big ones, The Guns of Navarone. What? And Cape Fear. Yeah. And uh, then this, Battle of the Planet of the Apes. And then ones you may have heard, like The White Buffalo, that Charles Bronson one. Yeah. That made you watch. Uh, Murphy's Law. 
And Death Wish for the Crackdown. How is Murphy's Law not the sequel to RoboCop? I don't know. <laughs> don't forget he did King Solomon's Mines with, uh, was that Richard Chamberlain? Oh, yeah, Richard Chamberlain back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he's done some, like, big, giant, epic movies, and this this movie kind of fits up there. Yeah, this like, movie, uh, spoiler alert, I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, again, uh, writer Paul Dean, part of this one as well. Uh, as we mentioned before, Goldfinger... Uh, Murder of the Orient Express, uh, and then I think all four Planet of the Apes after this movie. Maybe not the first one. I, f- I forget. But um, yeah, he did all the sequels. He didn't do the original, but he did almost all the sequels. Oh, okay, and, and unfortunately, he passed away in 1976, right after. Uh, well, I guess about two or three years after the the last one we'll get to next week. But oh my gosh, Roddy McDowell as Caesar. Oh, he's so good. Ricardo Montalban reprising his role as Armando. Armando. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Don Murray as Governor Breck. Yeah. Uh, Craig, had you seen this movie before? Yeah, I, I've seen all of the Planet of the Apes over over the years. It's not something that I like constantly revisit, but it's certainly... I've definitely seen this one before. Uh, the thing with me is that I love Roddy McDowell in this because he does... Even though he has the mask, he, he's very expressive to the eyes. The problem that I have is his voice. Because when he does that, and you heard it in the trailer, when he does that big, where is the fire, there's smoke, and then that smoke from that day. He sounds like he's doing a Marlon Brando impression uh, to some degree. His voice just doesn't quite match the powerfulness. Gravitas of the situation. It, there is the smoke, of the, and then there's the size of the cities that he's got, and it's all upon you. And he's doing it's. it sounds more like a Simpsons character than it sounds like when he's mad, when he's normal. But when he's trying to rile up, give this powerful speech, it's not really, it doesn't really deliver in my mind because the voice is off. See, I feel like it almost works better because the whole thing is that like, like he's essentially a 19 year old, you know, young ape who's been living in the circus, like, you know, completely, he's been completely sheltered from life. And then he gets thrown into the system that he's known nothing about. He's always, he's just known, you know, softness and kindness. And then he gets thrown into it and has to embrace his destiny of taking it over and so i was hearing it from like the point of view of like essentially a child trying to lead the army and so i feel like because roddy mcdowell does have like a very distinct voice and it is lighter than some other actors but yeah i don't know i felt like he it really really worked as like basically child soldier yeah if you think of any yeah child soldier like a teenager leading an army revolt they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna sound like Clancy Brown, like we, we'll destroy all of them and we'll drink from the skulls. No, it's gonna be more of like a, and we're gonna kick their ass and burn them and we'll take over and the dead humans will be over and then we'll have popsicles and it'll be great. Hey, everybody, you're not my real stepdad. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do anything you say. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Yeah. So you get it. Oh, I do. I just said uh, <laughs> that little speech at the end, it's like as soon as she speaks up and she says now, and then he's like, well, well, never mind. We'll we'll kill them tomorrow because uh, you know they're going to kill them. We know the, how the Planet of the Apes happens. Yeah. We, we, this is, since this is a prequel, we know what's going to happen. So that moment of like a compassion that he has is just that we know that's fleeting. It's only going to be until the camera pans away and then they're all murdered. All those humans are murdered. 
True, true. Oh, so you saw a different version than we did, actually. Yeah, yeah I was going to get to that, too. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the movie starts out in the far distant future of North America, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think... In the futuristic Century City. <laughs> yes, in Century City, Los Angeles. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's the Ape Training Center. Okay, so the, the Ape Training Centers, uh, basically in Ape this... Control? Ape management. Ape management. Ape management. Ape management. Ape management. Ape yeah, management. Yeah. I was say, it has a great name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so in this future, it's you know twenty years, uh, twenty years in the future from Escape from the Planet of the Apes, where Cornelius and Zira had the child. Twist. It was switched with uh, Eloise's baby chimpanzee at the zoo, and so Armando's basically been raising it. But it's now Caesar's own. yeah nineteen years old. They're walking, basically going to Century City. I forget why they were. Oh yeah, he was like putting up flyers for the circus. Which, okay. Uh, yeah, he was. He he and Caesar were gonna do performances in the oh, city. Oh my God, cat! I'm. Oh poor old senile cat. We we had that issue with our Hamlet George was our cat. He lived to be eighteen. Oh what? Sorry, we are the cat took our headphones. We're back. <laughs> That's okay because in the middle of our podcast that we did earlier, I dropped my entire mixer on the ground, and. And I was fumbling with knobs the entire, like, two-thirds of the podcast we did. Yeah. This is a future Steve problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we're, we're kind of back. But, yeah, uh, so Armando and uh, Caesar, the offspring of Cornelius and Zira, they're handing out flyers. But they showed up in a chopper, which was, was like, is that just how people get around L.A. in the future, is by chopper? I'm sure that's the quickest way to get into the city if, since... I was under the impression the circus was coming to town and they were out going to do promote it, promos, like maybe do a couple of television spots with his performing ape, like get the hype up so people uh, can buy okay. tickets. That makes in sense. Los Angeles right, in the 90s, right. the traffic was god awful anyways. It's not that it has improved. Yeah. I mean, we're only a few years away from OJ going down the street, stopping traffic. Yeah, so. and his Bronco. And the riots, maybe the riots were happening. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it did seem odd that they have enough money to do. It seems like the circus is doing okay. But they have enough money for a chopper? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I think it's he's kind of the last circus. Because they, they mention later, spoiler alert, when Armando's being interrogated, that there are no more circuses. Right. So I think they do well when they go places. Was that part of the uh, the plague of 1983 that wiped out all the dogs and cats? And uh, Yeah. Well, maybe that had I a... want to see the movie in 1994, the, uh, the very quick rise of pets pet bird, birds and then everybody realized birds are assholes and then the great bird fry of december of 1984 the great bird fry <laughs> i remember where i was during the great bird fry we, i was in the turkey located in the turkey area because that's where you want to be we had 16 budgies for dinner that night <laughs> 14 herbs and spices <laughs> anyway, yeah <laughs> that'd be great actually yeah there's like a little memoriam for the dogs and cats there which i found hilarious i remember when the great colonel sanders <laughs> ransacked through the great the, the heavy bird war of the 18 uh, 1984 well that's how he got elected as president those four years that's <laughs> that makes perfect sense president sanders <laughs> and then that led to the rise of the fast food wars and so then this leads to demolition man which leads to the rise of the planet of the apes it all connects Makes sense to me. You got it. <laughs> you, can't, that's, you can't argue with that logic. No, it's sound. It's up there with the uh, sphere and <laughs> event horizon. And uh, I worked another one in there, but now it's been a couple of years. Yeah. My theory. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so in this uh, 
futuristic 1991 uh, because dogs and cats are gone, no longer no longer living together. It's almost like they, a plague. Uh, I like how he said it. It's almost like a plague. A virus killed everybody. No, that's what a plague yeah. is. Oh, you, you, you just defined they, a plague. Did you guys catch the part where they brought the plague back from space? Yep. <laughs> blaming it was it whoever oh. came back. It was a plague. It, they brought it back. Astronauts brought it back from space and it wiped out all of the, all of the dogs and all of the cats. But it oh, turns wow. out humans and simians are completely immune. So first, uh, by the way, I love all this backstory from Armando. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. Which apparent so apparently like they weren't watching it on TV or whatever from the circus. <laughs> I guess. But whatever. Um, but yeah, but then uh, first apes, people took apes in as their pets to be coddled and and pampered. And then we realized they were so smart, they could do tasks for us. So then they became our servants and they are performers, which, by the way, isn't Caesar a performer for the circus? But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> historical monkey acts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they became slaves. Yeah. And Armando was completely for the monkey revolt. Oh, well, Absolutely. so am I. I was completely for the monkey revolt as well. I, even in the new movies, I was always on Caesar's side. Yeah. Oh, uh, and uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, with the new movies, like, uh, th- like I always thought they were good movies, and now they're like even better. And I'm like, but they had them in the '70s too. <laughs> Just you yeah. know, less you know, great motion capture, special effects, and stuff like that. It was people in masks. It was, kind of a little hokey in that way but it was they're still really good so here's the thing i'm curious about do you think somebody's going to add on to the planet of the apes that they currently have because they essentially have started in the middle do you think they would take it all the way into the future and end up in ape city like the last one could be a guy lands in a spaceship in a future ape city that's the thing about the 2001 planet of the apes that i couldn't stand yeah. is the last minute and a half is the movie I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and that's the problem with that one is they were they focused too hard on the part that nobody cared exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> I spent two hours watching yeah. stupid Wahlberg run through the woods, and all these other people play you know monkeys. And when he finally escapes, I wanted to see Abraham Lincoln. That's what I was waiting for. I thought I thought the movie was going to be the whole time, and it uh, it, it was very disappointing. So I hope they do that with the, the new movies. I mean, I'm sure they can do. They'll take a look and see if it's financially viable to do sequels because that's unfortunately it's not a creative decision. Yeah, and I can't see how they could not make more. I mean, there's there's definitely lots of things you can do. Oh, oh yeah, totally. well, and where they left us in these new ones is Caesar's dying of his wounds after getting everybody basically to the promised land. Yeah. He's he's like Moses or something. And that explains why Caesar is so beloved in these sequels where he's deified statues to yeah. him they and it's been it's been hundreds of years since this happened so yeah there's definitely more they can do yeah where he's basically risen to like martyr god status yes he has risen he has <laughs> risen in three days he'll be fine and then he'll come back and hundreds of years later we'll celebrate caesar's death by uh you know hiding bananas in the woods and having children look for them yes Maybe although so. although i think it'd be oranges because his mother loathes bananas well <laughs> Again, things get twisted through religion over decades and, and centuries. So you know, it can it can be whatever you like. We'll have we'll have to find some kind of like a an Easter rabbit scenario. I like it. <laughs> the Easter kitten, <laughs> since they're 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 also a myth at this point. <laughs> oh boy, um. <laughs> <laughs> we're spinning off our so. our ape religion. 
<laughs> hey, if the Jedi's can do it, we get to. Yeah, we can make up any bullshit stories, just like everybody else. The one thing I... I'm a monkey farian now, Steve. So they're going to get their metachlorine count, and... Uh, no, no. <laughs> the one thing I had a problem at the very beginning is within in those ape training centers, and I'm a professional corporate trainer, and seeing their training techniques, mm-hmm. basically, I'm going to show you how to do it, you're going to do it, and as soon as you make a mistake, I'm going to scream at you, and then I'm going to shock you to death. That's, I don't yes. know if that's an effective training technique in any scenario. I mean, I can understand if... The, oh, no, it works. I don't think it does. <laughs> I can understand if they're doing it for slave labor, like for breaking rocks at a mine, or something like that, where it's just pure muscle. But if someone's pouring water and they're not doing it right, screaming at them and then zapping them is not the way to, do, is to get them to learn. <laughs> Are you saying that they should use more positive reinforcement? Just certainly not scare the crap out of them, because that's what happens is when the flames happen in that restaurant, that monkey jumps over the the, oh. the ape jumps over the tables and freaks out. That's what's going to happen every time. Yeah, it's true. I'm not going to lie though. I did enjoy in in that same restaurant scene uh, when they're tipping the apes and they're just giving them like raisins. peanuts. Raisins. Oh, yeah. They're giving them raisins. Oh, raisins. you're over tipping him. You, you're over tipping yeah. him. <laughs> and, and he's just jamming raisins into his face. It's really nice. <laughs> I want to get tipped in raisins sometimes. Yeah, say, how do they split the tips at the end of the night though? I don't understand. Oh, they don't. Oh, it's what? every ape for himself. You have never worked in food service, honey. <laughs> Nobody splits tips. That's a there myth. They tell you they split tips, but they don't. It's just people who don't get tipped get tipped. Anyway. Why why do you think that chef turnover is like a thousand percent? It's true. But yeah, so so yeah, there's oh yeah, there's the uh the the humans picketing uh saying that oh they're they're they done took our jobs. Those slaves <laughs> took our jobs. Yeah, and men not apes. And then uh there's like one ape going through them and the cops come in and start beating the crap out of them and Caesar's not have it and he says, "Lousy human bastard." And everybody's like, did, did that ape just talk? <laughs> uh, so, fun fact about that spot, unless you have it in your fun facts. No, go for it, go for it. Um, so, in the the first couple of Planet of the Apes, they mention Aldo was the first ape to say no. In the credits of this movie, they credit that actor playing, you know, the, the beaten slave ape as Aldo. So, the ape that inspires Caesar to speak up is Aldo, which is how come he's then recorded in Ape History. So they did they did throw it back. Yeah. But but with that the cops heard it too and they're like, wait, did did your ape just talk? And of course Ricardo Montalban's like, oh no, it was me. I uh, He is such I, a uh, shifty liar. He is so bad at yeah. it. Every time they bring up anything <laughs> that they have like does this ape look like Caesar? He looks just like him. No, no, no it does not look like him at all. There is no way this man is like oh. him. He is obviously lying. He's such a bad liar. It's because he's such a pure soul. No, he's a circus. He's a ringmaster at a circus. He should know how to be, you know, he, 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 know. he lies he, for a living. He, this is amazing. He should be the best yeah, liar. He should be. He, he's, he's Barnum and Bailey. Yes, and he should know how to at least lie a little bit. I and mean, he's so bad at it. It's just, it was sad to watch. I mean, I wasn't surprised he jumped out a window. <laughs> oh, God, yes. So, yeah, so he gets interrogated, and he uh, they put him in that seat that has, like, I don't know, the cone of truth or whatever. Uh, truth around. ray. He gets shot with truth rays. And, and then that's where he's basically like, uh, yes, what, oh, no, why am I giving you this answer? Like, oh, that's just how the truth ray works. And then he's like, nope, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. And they struggle, and then, I don't know, he does a backflip out of a fucking window. <laughs> 
like it it's it, it's like they're like grappling like their arms locked all of a sudden he like run jumps back and yeah. shows the stunt guy going through the window he'd Just rather flat. he'd rather die than turn caesar in yeah he wants the uprise of the apes which by the way every action the government's taking in this is the wrong action when they know that they've had visitors from the future who say so the, your dogs and cats are going to get wiped out, you're going to enslave apes, and then the apes are going to rise up against you. Every action everybody's taken since then is like, well, we might as well make this happen. <laughs> and I can understand them not believing they came from the future, and so they would do this. But they say right up, the president at the beginning of the movie goes, we've had these visitors from the future, and we have verified they are from the future, and they've told us this will happen. So you're absolutely right. They believe they're from the future, they, so they must have to. They have to believe yeah. everything else. So why are they treating them like crap? They, yeah. yeah, they believe it enough to go on a manhunt for the talking monkey. I'm sorry, ape. That is offensive. <laughs> How as dare I you? I apologize. Such language. Um, but Time's yeah, up, they, they are <laughs> hashtag woke. <laughs> um, yeah, so they believe it enough to go on on ape hunts, but apparently they don't believe it enough to treat the apes with any kind of common decency, or, I don't know, enslave rabbits? Are <laughs> dolphins... Enslave rabbits to do what, exactly? I don't know. Rabbits can't bartend. <laughs> dolphins. But they... <laughs> dolphins definitely can't bartend. Maybe that's where they get the raisins from. I don't know. From the dolphins or from, from the rabbits? rabbits? <laughs> 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 Alright, that makes more sense. <laughs> you me and rap poo. Anyway. It's like, it's like giving uh, but, someone oh, yeah, a Canadian so... penny versus an American penny. Like what is this? This is a oh, it's a rabbit pellet. What the fuck? <laughs> this is fake. This doesn't even taste like. <laughs> <laughs> you could have fed the like raisins to the it's rabbits, like and then the rabbits would have had raisin poops. Uh, I like it, but uh, yeah. So meanwhile, uh, when Ricardo Montalban's being interrogated, uh, he's already split up with Caesar, and Caesar's kind of blended in with a shipment of uh, orangutans, and is now from Borneo. Yeah, from Borneo, and is now basically part of the 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 slave. Slave culture now, but there's there's an interesting part where they're basically walking through like the ape management thing, and then they need a a young chimp of breeding age for <laughs> for breeding, and somebody's in the top top of his class, and to try and avoid getting electrocuted, Caesar's been doing the bare minimum, but like doing it correctly, so he's in the yeah. top of his class, so they need to breed him. And the come hither <laughs> look that she gives him when that cage opens. Right? That's like a goddamn, like, Anne-Margaret glam shot. <laughs> it's like, what is going on she's right now? She's got those bedroom eyes. She gives her little eyebrow raise and a little come-hither look, and then he goes, what's going on here? And then he realizes, oh, I'm gonna fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is an 18-year-old guy. Yeah, come so on. he's like, I don't know what's going on, I'm scared. Oh, wait a minute. I'm into this. <laughs> oh, that's what this is for. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think Armando and Caesar had the talk? Oh, they had no, no. I don't think they did. Come on, he's Armando. Yeah. <laughs> when he was six years old, he said, Caesar, let me tell you about love. No, what it is is two of the elephants got it on in the middle of the ring, oh, and oh, Caesar man. had questions, and Armando's like, let me tell you about the birds and the bees. It is beautiful. Watch with both eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, those poor bees. First off, first off, Caesar, you must know. Elephant and chimp are not similar. So do not get this into your mind. <laughs> this is what you've got. Use what you have. Use the talent. I know you have. like big butts and you cannot lie. However, try to resist that of an elephant. That's a, that's a tough le lesson to learn if the first time you ever see anything have sex is an elephant. Oh that, that is... My, 
Those parts don't matter. I mean, it's less awkward than the giraffes, right? No, giraffes only have sex for like a half a second. It's true. They 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 because because their legs are so skinny. Is that different from it's humans? Like, boom, and then pop, and that's it. Where an elephant, it's they've got like a bifurcated penis that kind of goes up and down and around and in, and it's and it drags in the ground, and it's just awful. It's like a crazy straw. <laughs> it's like a very long garden hose that you turn that all of a sudden you turn the water on. Yeah, just like an elephant's trunk. <laughs> Everything I learned from mating. <laughs> So I have to... Uh, We've oh. had requests to do Is He Explains Animals. That's yeah, true. <laughs> so this, oh, God, so this is right. the part where I have, to, I have to admit. So I am I take part in a lot of uh, charities for apes. That's why I was really excited to uh, help you guys out. I do uh, help with orangutan outreach. And and oh. I also do a lot of uh, photography at, at zoos. So that's why I know all these animal stuff. So it's not like a, it's not like I'm making this stuff up. Oh, I just figured it was... Yeah, no, thing. a giraffe... Giraffes have <laughs> sex for like two seconds and, you know... So that, but and and poor chimpanzees, they also are not they're not well endowed or have long stamina. So it's like they do it for like like bobo monkeys just do it just to say hello. It's like hey, how are you? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Hey, hi. <laughs> and then hey, nice to see you. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Hey, nice to see you. And then we'll off to go. Oh, what time is it? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, it's three thirty. And so that's what they do. I know the squirrel monkeys will jerk off just to say hi to you. Sure. <laughs> High five. <laughs> <laughs> That was a big problem we had at one of the zoos because we had the squirrel monkeys right up front and the kids were always curious what they were doing on the side of the fence. Oh, they're throwing yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) Ropes and ropes of yogurt. Uh, (laughs) So with uh, Caesar being part of uh, the slave trade now, he's auctioned off. Mm Mm-hmm. After he mate, he gets mated. Oh, of course. Yeah. After after he mates with Lisa, I believe the ape's name was. I don't know if it's the same one though. It is. All the females kind of have the same I, hair. Yeah, so. I think it was the same one. But I love how the only thing they can do is send them home whenever they make a mistake. Lisa, go home. Yeah. The other one was picking yeah, picking so- gnats out of the hair. Stop doing that. Now go home. So Lisa works for the library, right? Yeah. Yes. Or be- something with books. Yeah. Some- yeah. yeah. But uh, at the auction, Governor Breck purchases Caesar. Um, and oh, we have to mention uh, the governor's assistant, McDonald. Oh, McDonald's fucking awesome. Played by Harry Rhodes, who's yeah. fucking amazing in this movie. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's the you know, he was basically the Smithers to the governor, but he's <laughs> also an African American gentleman. So he's like, he's kind of something's only, wrong about this. Only African American gentleman. Well, there's a couple of cops in the background. Oh, no, yeah. you notice that it's almost all the cops. Are who, who have to manhandle any of the apes are almost always black, but the ones that are making announcements oh. and doing administrative things are almost always white, except for oh, McDonald. Yeah. This is a pretty. It's 1972, so let's not forget. There's still a lot of work. That's why this movie came out. It's it's a metaphoric. Yeah. But oh, yeah. even in the even in the metaphors, they're still fucking it up because all the black guys are beating people up and doing all the muscle work and. Except for McDonald, he's the only one, and the rest of them are all white guys who are doing all the administrative stuff. It's it's bullshit. Yeah. There there was uh, there was one scene where one of the where McDonald asks some of the cops to stop beating. I believe Aldo, the the chimp that causes um, Caesar's first outcry, and they go, "Of course you'd want to." Yes. And Steve, uh, Steve's <laughs> yeah. initial like, reaction was, Ooh. <laughs> and I was like. I'm going to guess it's because he's a politician. Yeah. yeah. I, as, as someone who's a social worker. 
I, no, because at that point we knew he was the assistant to the mayor. Yeah, so. publicly elected. I felt I the exact know. same thing when I heard that. I'm like, oh my god! But that just shows to show you this. There's still problems back in 1972. It's not like this is a a metaphor where we can safely look back at how how inhumane we were back in the, the years ago. It's like no. You're trying to talk about inhumanity, and you're still it still seeps into your actual movie that you're trying to talk about how bad racism is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that is that is what this movie is about. So they're just extending it out in any way, shape, or form and trying to make it as palatable as possible. Well, but it was just tough to see. It was like, I heard that as well. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and part of that, too, is that we're all watching this as three white people watch it but watching this through a modern lens yeah but so so yeah the governor uh purchases caesar who doesn't have his name yet so oh yeah my wife used to do this thing where they would pick their names out of the bible and so he like flips right or, through find caesar he just pulls, them, pulls it out of a book oh was it not the bible no, it was just a book i don't think it was, no, it was just it was oh it was just a book. a book oh okay he says it's a biblical uh, but, but, name when he picks caesar but he just gives a random book and I'm just lucky he didn't name like the or and. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Steve and I were like, and your name is Amberstamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your name is oh a picture of a bird. Okay, I guess that's your name now. <laughs> your name is Tweet Tweet. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was picturing most of the apes like flipping through there and just like randomly like touching it. And it's like oh that's a picture or oh that's a uh, oh that is obsession. Okay, your name is obsession now. What a <laughs> random word to pick. But, Your uh, name is Table of Contents. <laughs> <laughs> Appendix, come here. Appendix, yeah. <laughs> put that down. Authors, no, no, go home. <laughs> yes, great names all. Um, <laughs> but after uh, he teaches Caesar to bartend, which I'm like, okay, okay. Which Caesar immediately screws up so that he can prove he's an ape. Yeah. Oh, and they paid an extra percentage because uh, Ape Management claims that he was, you know, says he's the top of his class. He's incredibly docile. Yeah. And they're like, well, not so smart after all. Oh, 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 oh. I had a feeling that Steve yeah. was pretty much on board with this subservience as he was bartending until he screwed up. Is that the... It, yeah, oh, well, Steve's into monkey well, bartenders. But, but I was also questioning, like, I don't know if I want, uh you know essentially a slave making a drink for me i've got a wife for that right <laughs> I, I love you <laughs> you know what though like if they're not slaves if they're like but if they like wanted jobs i am 100 percent. i feel like chimpanzees would be much better bartenders than 90 percent of san francisco Ooh, hot take well we would get better service and cleaner glasses knowing how it's true first off <laughs> of all the apes chimps are the assholes of apes oh uh, yeah Orangutans are the sweethearts. Gorillas are actually very nice and docile too, but they they're they're so big mm-hmm. that they just accidentally they're like oh. George from They're very powerful. Yeah, gorillas are definitely the bouncers. Yeah, but but they're actually pretty sweet animals too. They're just like they don't know. It's like George, uh, it's not like George. It's like Lenny from uh, of my, of Mice and Men. It's like they don't like, <laughs> I like this cat and they don't realize they're squeezing it to death. That's a gorilla. Yeah, no, they're 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 like Great Danes. They don't realize when they're sitting on you it's not as cute as when a chihuahua sits on you. But yeah. a chimpanzee will rip your nuts and face off. Oh, oh, have you heard? I'm sure you've yeah. heard Dana Gould's uh, bit about how, in what order they do this, these things. I have. That's right. I forgot about that. That is, yes. And for all of our listeners out there, if you haven't, go look it up. He does, it, it is correct and it is hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> so 
Yeah, so I don't know if I just want chimpanzees in general. I think they should be like the pol- they should be police officers and things like that. Where I'd much rather have an orangutan bartender. All right, I'm down. Yeah, that makes e- sense. Either way, I'm I'm down for any ape bartender over any service we would get here in the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> I am displeased with bartenders in the Bay Area. <laughs> really, I couldn't tell. Well, well being mm-hmm. new to the area, I've only been in the Bay Area for about a year, and not really have been out enough to know that. Certain bartenders are at, are not doing their job. What's the problem? For for especially for your international uh, listeners, for the for the people who are not in the Bay Area, explain why they're so bad. So I'm not a huge mixed drink drinker. I typically drink beers. Um, most bartenders don't like serving beers anyway because they don't get as big a tips on it. Whatever, I get it. Uh, I have on multiple occasions now gotten incredibly dirty glasses, and their line the beer lines have been bad, and it kind of ends up making the beer taste like swamp water. And especially here in the Bay Area, we have a huge craft beer scene. And so I know what these beers taste like. I actually have a certification in what these beers should taste like. But because I'm a cute little chubby white girl, when I go, hmm, this beer is bad, they go, no, that's what it's supposed to taste like. This is where the ape rebellion starts. I mean, (laughs) this is where I want the apes to systematically rip off their face, rip off their hands, and then rip off their genitals. (laughs) In that order. Well, now we know. Uh, make sure that you serve her in a clean glass and make sure that you get the hoses. Because, I, I, yeah, that, I have noticed the swamp water taste in a lot of the beers here. Yeah, they don't yes. clean their lines. And they're, they're and when I'm paying $8 for a goddamn beer, I don't want a swamp water beer. And I really don't want to be told that that's what it tastes like because they think I'm a dumb chick who doesn't know. Weird. My six foot eight husband doesn't get that response. <laughs> they're more of a, oh, uh, we should we should totally check that out. Like, fucking right, you should. <laughs> One more question on the beer thing. It relates to the beer. Why is pizza so expensive here? Oh, fucking Christ. Oh, because they can. Roundtable set the standard. When I was, I having grown up in California, Roundtable was like the premium pizza. The, the like $5 pizza thing is very much a Midwest and East Coast thing. Like California pizza was what you did on payday. It was like, but it was really good pizza. Like it was like real handmade crust and good toppings. And so you had, we had like Mountain Mike's and Round Table, which are these more premium pizzas, and they've gone a little bit downhill since my childhood. But it was a really good pizza. You got a huge pizza loaded with toppings, very tasty crust, not a thin crust usually. Uh, what you know, I guess what you refer to as a California crust, but kind of just like what you see in pictures, like if somebody's drawing a picture of a pizza. Um, and so I think everybody just followed suit and was like, yeah, no, we can charge $30 for an 18-inch pizza. It's bullshit, because I'm, yeah. I'm uh, so I don't eat a lot of pizza anyways, but we have a, like a, a semi-shutdown at our office over the holidays because our clients aren't available. But some of us still go in the office, yeah. so there's a very small group of us, and someone ordered, I think it was like Papa John's or just some, nothing special. And it's like, yeah, it's going to be $31. It's like, what? It's a large pizza. For $31, I should get, like, four pizzas. Yeah. So don't get... Yeah, that's why you got to come to uh, El Cerrito, where we still... We are able to find a Little Caesars, and there's a Domino's, and, <laughs> you know, that's more realistic. But that pizza. Domino's does not have pickup. It's delivery only. Yep. They have the front door locked. You are not allowed inside the building. Yep. So... In the ghetto. <laughs> it's not even in the ghetto. It's on Solano. That's, like, a freaking hippie neighborhood. It's all, like, white people shopping for, like, artisanal succulents. That sounded like a porn name. Ladies and gentlemen, coming yeah, to the yeah. stage, Artisanal Succulents. <laughs> <laughs> Back to All the right, movie. so Armando goes out a window. 
No, it's okay. <laughs> So after being served swamp water, Armando throws himself out of a window. Jesus, he is nah. my hero. Get yourself clean glasses! The next bartender who tells me I don't know what I'm fucking talking about is going to get a glass through the fucking eyeball. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Alright. So you can go to patreon.com and help us get it. <laughs> Izzy's bail. Sponsor my bail money because I'm... And don't worry, Steve's going to film it. That's right. <laughs> It's going to be great. Like, hold on, babe. Let me pull up my camera. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so yeah, uh, Armando's untimely demise. Uh, of course, Caesar hears about it. And it's actually a really good acting oh, scene. Oh, it's such a good scene. He does all of the emotions of grief from behind ape makeup. Yeah, Rodney McDowell yeah. is fantastic. An actor. Roddy McDowell is spectacular. He's so it's, good. It's just, uh, you have to get past the voice sometimes. That's all. He's really good at what he does. It just, uh, every once in a while, it's just a little too, all of a sudden you think Paul Lind is going to fly out of there somehow. <laughs> oh, God, Paul Lind, that son of a bitch. <laughs> you're so angry at him about the, the villain. The villain, you? oh my God. How he ang- <laughs> he offended your people. <laughs> Coming in March, everybody. <laughs> Feel my rage. <laughs> Right. See, I I think the with Roddy McDowell, he he does have a lighter voice as we talked about. I feel like in all these eight movies, they did a really good job finding an excuse for it. I guess because like Cornelius is a very when he when he plays his father when he plays his own father, Cornelius is supposed to be like a soft spoken like intellectual type. He's he he doesn't get that much rage, and even when he does, he just doesn't know what to do with it because he's never had to deal with it. And then in this one, the voice didn't bump me because he's supposed to be like 18, 19. He's a kid. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, in the like you said, it goes with the character. In the first movie, he was a Roddy McDowell type ape. I mean, so that yeah. made sense. And this one, I felt he it just like I said, he was really good until he had to really, really had to rally the troops. Not that he should have this, you know, Michael Clark Duncan voice. <laughs> it was just that it didn't seem to match. It just it just threw me a little bit. We have D- DMX do the voiceover for the speech. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> DMX is amazing. Uh, so, so yeah, immediately after this, um, basically Caesar flips into revolutionary leader mode, and he starts coordinating with the apes, and they start stealing like knives and weapons and gasoline and. All kinds of stuff. So they, so the apes get these like orders of things to do, like what food oh, they're yeah, supposed yeah. to make for people, like things they're supposed to deliver, and all of that. And because the the apes are stupid monkeys, they're all taking every, all the apes. Apparently, recognize they they can sense Caesar's difference, and they like when he walks through places, they'll stare at him. Uh, so they all start bringing him their their delivery notes, basically. And because he is the one who can think and speak and talk, he starts adding a little something extra to all of them. Like, oh, two steaks? Let's add two gallons of gasoline to that order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a delivery for some pots and pans? Let's add 14 knives. And then just stick them in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Then, But uh, th- there's, like, civil disobedience and stuff going on. Like, some of the mm-hmm. waiters are, like, throwing... Um, and so they're like, oh, productivity... Uh, incident reports up, like, 300%. Well... Luckily, we've compiled this Achilles list that the governor has where it's basically, uh, I forget, were they going to execute him or put them all in in ape management? I, th- I think they so were... So they, they, I think their first offense, they go back to ape management for retraining. 
and then uh, yeah, he, or they get like a warning or well, something. No, they go into and retraining. Then, like, if and they he didn't want to have to retrain them over because he's like, if we do this, ape management will be overrun by retraining. Yeah. So he's encur- yeah, so he's encouraging people to retrain their own apes. But if they really act up, they go back to ape management where they're going to get electrocuted and then sent back in. And then if they're really bad, then they'll be up for execution. So I think it's like yeah. do- like with dogs, you got like the three strikes rule. If they bite three people, then you got to put them down. But if they bite the first person, they got to be under house arrest. Yeah, or like privatized prisons. Kind what? Of the same thing with that. What? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I like in this part where it's basically like it it becomes McDonald's duty to find Caesar. Which, by the way, there is really no proof that there's a talking ape. He's completely obsessed with this when they have on news, they have news footage and a body that this baby ape passed away. They searched every circus. Yeah, they were... And to be fair, he should be a little suspicious when the guy whose circus was the closest to the two talking apes happens to show up and lose an ape in the city. He he does have some right to be a little suspicious, but not as suspicious as he is. He's like going full-blown crazy town. Almost... And when and, oh, I was going to say, almost every single officer automatically believes that it's a talking ape. And they have no reason to. Everybody supposedly watched on TV, like, should have watched on TV, Zira and Cornelius and their baby being murdered. But it's just, even if, in general, people don't believe anything. So if, if this yeah. were to happen, even when they know there's talking apes, no one's going to believe that ape can talk. It's just that these in this particular movie, everybody just automatically assumes, oh, we had a talking ape, this must be a talking ape. This is a talking ape. What is... Listen to him. It's like, no, I... Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the general public doesn't know about the futuristic ape takeover, right? That was hidden... Like, that was yeah, that was all... only for government officials. So yeah. why are all these cops so suspicious of this one ape? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a plot device that yeah. they needed to, but most of them wouldn't even th- look twice. Because I'm watching movies... I just saw The Mule with Clint Eastwood. And they're looking for The Mule. They're looking for Clint Eastwood. And... You know, it's one of those situations where, like, you've got Smokey and the Bandit, where you've got the, the just Buford T. Justice meets the Bandit and doesn't even know. And they <laughs> right? do the same Not thing in The Mule, seat. and they do the same. It should have happened here. Oh, we, we met the ape, but we didn't believe it was the same talking ape. It's it's actually the exact opposite of what would happen. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's around this time, like, in the research, they're, they're going through all the records, like, seeing, uh, you know, trying to see if they can track this talking chimpanzee and uh, they find the uh, shipment record of the uh, orangutans from Borneo with three orangutans and one chimp except chimpanzees don't come from Borneo <gasps> so uh, so Caesar's found out and of course McDonald uh, is in charge of finding him uh, and ba- well yeah basically <laughs> McDonald's there with him when he gets the call of like alright and take him over tape management and it's like I assume he's going to be uh set for retraining right mm-hmm. like you know what's gonna happen don't play coy with me mcdonald and then uh mcdonald's like ah, i can't believe they think you're you're this talking ape and of course <laughs> caesar's like i uh i understand the position you're in mr mcdonald mr mcdonald it's uh i am the talking ape and of course mcdonald's like fuck it's a talking ape <laughs> by the way how does caesar know that mcdonald's look cool yeah, well, he doesn't. Well, he he kind of says like, uh, uh, the, the, I remember there's like a line like just before he does that where he's like, if only there was a way I could communicate with you and show that I understand your position. And, yeah, and, no, but he doesn't know that. Like yeah. he also could just be baiting him. It could just be like, hmm, it's too bad there's no talking ape here because I'm looking for one, but I would totally let him go. 
Can't believe you fell for it, sucker! <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been a twist. Uh, the twist! <laughs> uh, but yeah, McDonald basically is like, alright, go, I'll, I'll say you're out doing an errand, that'll give you a little head start, just go be free, do, do what you gotta do. And this starts the revolution! Yeah! Caesar goes back to the hideout, there's His apes people there. must be free! <laughs> Let my people go! And he basically says, shit's about to go down! Let's go! Grab all your weapons! Oh, that's right, and there's a line, like, there's one of those lines, like, you above everyone else should know why I need to do this, or something. I don't know. Uh, well, that was earlier. That That is the below-the-surface racism that's in the movie. The unintentional yeah. racism that I'm sure the filmmakers didn't even know they were being racist themselves. Is it racism, or are they, is he, are they trying to create, a com- like, a common bond of, your people were enslaved, you guys got out of it, and now we're trying to do the same thing? Yes, I know that's a very fine line and a, a distinction in that. I don't know. That's kind of how I read no, it. Was like, is, but it's uh, you. You have talked about how your people were enslaved. My people are currently enslaved. Would you? Would you do the same thing in my position? That uh, that is true, but it's the it's the well known racist intent that a lot of people, a lot of racists, believe that black folks are apes. And so it's it's that connection. So instead of it being, it was a connection they didn't need to make. That's was basically what I'm saying. And so what they're doing is they're they're mm-hmm. they're really just saying, remember how remember when everybody thought you guys were apes? Well, here's our story. See, I didn't take it in that way. I took it as in like your people were were historically slaves. My people are now currently slaves. Would you do the same thing in my position? Not, hey, you used to be a monkey too, right? Oh, I'm just saying that. That's, again, you're correct, but also there's that underlying. It just felt weird. That's why they should. So if it was, yeah. so if it was Planet of the Kittens, it would be different. I, I don't think they have to bring up the fact. See, they're using the only black person as the reason why they had to, to kind of gonna like see. This is what we need to do. See, see, and it's kind of like pointing. It's a, it's a very unsubtle way of trying to connect the two. To, so, it's, so the average viewer knows we're talking about racism. Wink, wink. See, we're talking about racism versus. Well, and that's it. They're trying to make it in the most palatable way possible for the that that demographic they're like i hope you're not missing this context which you know through our modern lens we're like no duh this is super heavy overtones but at the time it wasn't it was it's also it kind of goes back to steve when he and i when we saw that when he heard that guy say well you all people should know maybe he maybe well and again is that because he's a politician or because he's black? Is it both? But see, you look at, you're looking at it at the good side, and Steve and I are looking at it at the, this is, does not sound right. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it can be taken different ways. And it's, it, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 oh, could, yeah. it could be done more uh, better, essentially. Uh, unlike that <laughs> sentence, better. it couldn't be, that sentence could not be. More, more yeah. gooder. It could be handled in a different yes. way. So would, so would this scene between Caesar and, and basically the only African-American actor be different if there was were more African American actors in the cast, possibly yes. You think it would be it would be more tasteful? Yeah, I, it might be. I, like I said, I, I, you're talking to someone who, again, I, I, just like the rest of us, were just goofy white guys. It just felt weird, and it, 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 in that, mm-hmm. like, it's like the only black guy they're kind of comparing to, not only to their situation, but also historically they've been compared to apes. So now they're being now they're the ape is comparing them to each other. Like, hey, we're together, we're the same thing, and it's like that subtle underlying racism so so i don't if, have an answer though so. if he were the mayor and it was the black guy persecuting the apes 
and the guy playing the mayor were in this position, it would be less weird. Like, Maybe. Like, if it was just a, like, hey, you're an ape sympathizer. Yeah. I mean, but it's... Once you start saying, hey, we're the same, now we're saying in two different ways, though. So we're the same as in we're oppressed. So mm-hmm. I, I get your point. And I get, I, I think yeah. you're looking at the, the most positive way of it. So that's because you're probably a nice person in, in the world. And Steve and I are assholes. Uh, who, who are? Who, uh, well, see the difference well, is I'm. Yeah, we're see, the asshole. difference is I'm not a racist. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, almost immediately Caesar gets caught. Almost um, immediately. He's not good at this, but he's eighteen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, where is he going to go? Um, and then he gets tortured in the the, the up, basically electric operating table. Yeah, and that. Yeah, they basically put the electrodes on his head and, yeah, basically do shock therapy and uh, they're basically like, talk, talk. And then I don't even know what he said, but it was something like, I can't. Or some, <laughs> did, 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 did you catch what he said? No, I, I, I don't know what he said either, but I, don't, I know it wasn't I can't because that would be a lie. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, busted. Like, oh, fuck, I'm horrible I am not at this game. You. Armando taught me to lie. Uh, I am not speaking. <laughs> and he should have just kept hollering like an ape. Yeah. Even if it was like, ah, ah, fuck, that hurts. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for him. He goes, what are you doing? But it's like, I don't think he said I can't speak. That would be weird. Yeah, I, 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 but but there was definitely like a caw sound in there, but it was like, ah, cock, and, and then the governor's like, did he just call me a cock? <laughs> the governor's like, aha, there he's talking. And he goes, everyone else is kind of like, well, I, I don't know if no, that's what that they, was. They go like, that's incredible. Make him do it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, they weren't expecting him to talk. So you're just electrocuting fairly decent servant for fun? Yeah. Ah, gurgle, gurgle. Oh, see, he said gurgle. That's a word, right? <laughs> let's, let's, let's check the Scrabble dictionary real quick. Jesus. It's in the French one. The fact that they're torturing him to make him speak, and then he speaks and they're shocked, is, is stupid. You're right. Because that's the whole point. Yeah. You shouldn't torture him if you don't if you think he can't talk. Uh, at this point, McDonald like leaves the room. He's like, "All right, fuck this. You guys are insane." And they're like, "All right, what are we gonna do now, Governor?" Well, now we have to execute him. Uh, yeah. This thing's set to electrocute, right? You've already got him uh, hooked up, right? Sure can be. All right, well then, let that switch. Let's get it done. Let's have and us an eight bake off. Everybody <laughs> but one person leaves the room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's basically just like the... Oh, that's right, the governor like leaves too. No, no, yeah. the governor leaves. Yeah, no, yeah the government, governor leaves. Um, McDonald goes into the uh, the power center and basically turns the power off on yeah. the table. Yeah, yeah, When nobody's looking because nobody's paying attention to the governor's, the governor's smithers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, everybody leaves and it's just like the one minion who's just like, well, this is what I do, electrocute apes, do, 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 do. <laughs> Yeah, so then, and then, like, they turn it up, and uh, Caesar sees that it's being turned up, and he's not being shocked, but then he starts acting, ah, 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 he's ah, quick. ah, and then, like, all right, cool, he's dead, lunch, and then leave the room, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just the technician guy that's in yep. there, and Ryan McDowell's able to, like, slink at it, or they, that's right, they, like, undo the, the restraints mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep, and then he turns around to, like, do something so he can go haul the body off again, and when he turns back around, where's the ape? He's behind you now, behind him. He's choking you out! His first kill! Yeah! <laughs> this is where he loses his innocence. That's right. Um, and then he goes back to the hideout, basically looks at the apes, give a nod, and mm-hmm. then, boom, the revolution is on. Yeah! Uh, they go to ape management, and 
break everybody out of there. Like Caesar, even see uh, the scene where Caesar gets on the intercom and he's basically like telling the guards, like, "All right, there's uh the the apes are have been set free, but use non-lethal force. Just get them back right. in the cages or let them go free." Uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of dollars at stake here. And of course, the guards. <laughs> I assume that's why they weren't just randomly opening fire, opening fire with machine right? guns and stuff. But they they tend to anyway. <laughs> yeah, being prison guards. So uh, I don't know. And what did you think about the uh, prison break scene? Well, I'll be honest with you. It was very reminiscent of the riot in the other episode I was in with you guys for Police Academy. Where <laughs> it's a lot of people just walking. A lot yeah. of apes just walking and, and running. And then every once in a while they'll smack somebody. But that's it wasn't, I mean, it was quite an organized little situation. It, yeah. Oh, and then and then there's the guy at the flamethrower and he gets burned alive. Didn't see that in Police Academy. No, here's right. what I don't understand is when they, in the training... What were they training that monkey to do? Because he was, like, handing a banana to a guy outside, and he just randomly shoot flames at him. I, I don't understand the point of it. They were teaching them to not be afraid of the flare-ups. Like, so yeah. we were talking about the scene where the uh, the but, the chimp is cooking, and then the, the thing flares up, and But that's how you teach him to be afraid away. of They're them. supposed that's... to be trained not to jump away from that. That's just... But that's bizarre, because you're, what you're doing is you're teaching him to do that, because there's no reward in that one. He's just... He, just constantly hit, blasting with flames. I'd be yeah. They're they're desensitizing them. So yeah. in that one, I did actually recognize that sort of technique from um, an old school way. That's not re- that's kind of frowned upon now. But of training horses, uh, quote unquote, breaking them is like to teach horses to not be afraid of things fluttering at them because horses are their first instinct is fear. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of sticks on the ground and shadows and everything. Is you basically tie the horse to a metal, metal pole. And you hit them with a blanket until they stop freaking out. And you do it for hours until the horse is too tired to freak out. And you basically break their will. And so, so I think it's sort of the same thing. They just keep shooting flamethrowers at them until they're too tired to care about it anymore. So when Mr. Ed leads the revolution of horses, yeah. and it becomes the planet of the equine. This is not a way they break horses much anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it is an old old technique of how they used to do it so that they could make a horse quote-unquote Bullet, what they call bulletproof. You could shoot a gun off next to its head and it wouldn't. Yeah, care. I'm playing Red nice. Dead Redemption right now, and uh, I, I need I need to, <laughs> I need to try that. You tie your horse to a pole and then just sh- throw blankets at it until it passes what out. Part of the game, and then when the deer start randomly attacking you. <laughs> what part of the game is to bond with your horse, and as you bond with your horse, it's less likely to get scared <laughs> oh when you shoot. There you go. Yeah, but I uh, there's no option for me to beat it with a blanket. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write <laughs> well, a very harshly worded letter to Rockstar and say it'll be part of the next yeah. upload. Well, like I said, that's that's kind of the frowned upon. Now now is more the horse whisperer way, where you build up their confidence and you you encourage them that you're you'll take care of them and that they don't need to freak out about things because you'll handle whatever threats come. You become the leader of the pack. Speaking of leader of the pack, yeah. So, so Caesar leads the inmates out of ape management and they're running through the streets. And there's a news announcement uh, telling citizens to remain indoors. Wait, I'm getting updated information. Oh, Jesus. Ape management is in the hands of the apes. They're <laughs> running through the streets. 
Please cut, remain calm. Your city the, is in danger. Cut to the mayor saying, like, one of the smartest lines in this movie, that idiot, what is he doing? Who gave him that report, though? That's the thing. It's what? like, it's like the McDonald's slipped that to him, and basically it was like, I have a we feeling. Are, our ape overlords are now taking the city. I have a feeling that, like, Caesar had made sure that report was delivered to him to cause fear and panic amongst the people. What? I like it. I, Fear and panic causes disarray, which means their revolution can be more successful. So is this guy Ron Burgundy, where he just reads whatever they give him without any context? <laughs> yes, yes he is. Go fuck yourself, North America. <laughs> I love Lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so then we get the uh, the standoff in the middle of uh, Central City yeah. uh, between the, the, defense, uh, the defense forces and the apes. And... Um, but but they like they strategize by like pouring gasoline uh, kind of all throughout the city before the, the officers do. show up. Yeah, the apes do, uh, and then they also use the officers' one weakness: nets. Yeah, they throw nets. They as they take down individual officers, they take their weapons, they take their shields, they take all their ape catching equipment. Yep. Because of course you'd have to send in ape control first. <laughs> and then they get probably my favorite line in this whole movie: "Good God, they're armed." Yeah. <laughs> well, they use nets as an homage to the very first Planet of the Apes, oh, where yeah, they catch yeah. everybody. Yeah, in there. yeah. So nets are are a masterpiece in the Planet of the Apes. It's the it's the super weapon. It's like a nuclear option for the Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> Everyone knows how to use a net, and it can tie up ten, fifteen, twenty, a hundred people. Just have a net, and you're okay. Yeah, but uh, and then yeah, there's the standoff, and the thing is like they're standoff. The officers are taking aim, and they like start a fire in between them to like create a firewall that doesn't stop the bullets from coming through though i yeah. I, I don't know what the the strategy was but, behind that but see the apes aren't afraid of fire anymore because they've all been trained not to the guards are yeah well they just start firing into the flames but yeah. then i guess the apes like flank them and attack them from the sides yeah. and... and there were apes on the roof too dropping down oh apes yeah, from yeah, the sky yeah. <laughs> death from above <laughs> And then uh, eventually the apes get into the armory or something or gun shops. I don't know what, but they yeah. uh, they start getting the big weapons and oh my gosh, they start stacking the, the officers post. in piles. And I'm like, ooh, okay, yeah. this is this is the dark turn now. Mm-hmm. So we watched, um, we did watch the extended version. I'm guessing you watched the theatrical cut. I, I watched whatever Voodoo had. So I'm assuming it's the, so the that's normal, most yeah. likely yeah. the theatrical cut. So we now have different endings. Yeah, the endings are going to get a little different, which is well. Awesome. I, I the only thing I missed um, before we get to the endings, the one thing I missed about this whole interaction where they were shooting weapons and the the, the armed apes, I was waiting for some fl- a poof flinging. I really wanted to see just <laughs> right? just a gorilla <laughs> throw a big old splotch of shit right at someone's face. I mean, this would be a perfect time for that. It'd almost be like a pie in the face kind of situation. We a little levity in the middle of oh. this horrible dark yeah. time. Yeah, you can see where like when like the chief of police is like lining up his shot to take out Caesar, who's like overseeing something. And all of a sudden, flap right in the face, and like what the hell? And then all of a sudden, a gorilla comes stage right and beats beats him to death. Yep. I don't know. I was gonna say you could just line up those small little monkeys to ejaculate as the first volley. Oh god! But then, then you throw the poop on top of that, and then you shoot them. So you have a, it escalates. Don't fire until you can hit your white in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the voice of Roddy McDowell too. That'd have been amazing. Don't shoot until you hit the white of your eyes. <laughs> ah! 
We will shit them on the sides. We will shit them on the south. We will shit them in the mouths. <laughs> we will shit them in the homes. Yeah. We will shit them in their dreams. On the beaches, <laughs> in the air, wherever. Alright, so then uh, then this leads to the uh, assault on the command post where the yeah. governor and uh, some of his lead officials and stuff are. <laughs> and then like, I was like, alright, we just gotta get the defenses here. And all of a sudden, somebody is torching the fucking metal door. Yeah. And they're, uh, they have the proper response, like, how the hell are they torching the door? Oh, they straight up go like, they don't have the intelligence for this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so the uh, acetylene torch the door, bust through, and like instantly just start shooting everybody. And there's so many face squibs. Yeah, like this this gets really bloody. It's Sam um, Peckinpah's Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. Sam fucking Peckinpah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we watched Deadfall a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the governor like shoots one of the gorillas like right in the face. And basically everybody's beaten to death except for the governor and Mr. McDonald, who's kind of kind of saved and brought out. Oh yeah, and of course they're surprised to see Caesar because apparently he was supposed to be electrocuted, um, but he he survived obviously. And then they get taken out into like the town square, and Caesar's up there with Mr. McDonald, and the apes just start, or the yeah the gorillas just start beating the humans to death with the ends of their shotguns and just pap 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 and then the governor's left and and uh mr mcdonald's like talking to caesar this isn't the way we can't do it like this and this is where we get the the big old speech in roddy mcdowell's voice that's kind of unsettling where it's like this is the only way and and then we'll wipe the humans from the earth and you know it's basically it's caesar's heel turn and, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a lot softer. Yeah, he didn't seem to so have apparently- a lot of this in him before. I mean, he didn't like what was happening, but I didn't see him like, we will put them in a place, we will make them our servants, we will let the, we will turn and they will be our slaves. It's like, wait a second, yeah. that is, that was what you were trying to avoid from every side. <laughs> it's like, no, I just didn't like which t- side of the, which team I was on. Now I'm the winning team. It's like politics. Yeah. As soon as whoever gets in, into power, yep. they're like, well, I know you did this and we hated it, but we're going to do it and we're going to love it. Yeah. Ultimate power ultimately corrupts. Yep. H- how did the your the version that you watch ended? It just kind of fizzled out. I mean, they, he did the he okay. did the whole thing, and then uh, they let you know they let him go, and that was and that was the way it went. Was there more to it after that? Yeah, that was the theatrical ending. Um, uh, yeah, so they had the original ending, and the test audiences were so appalled, people were leaving the theater like like horrified, like l- taking their kids out early, and the studio couldn't afford an R rating on this film, so they softened it up. We watched the uh, the regular ending. Oh, they murdered the fuck out of the yeah, mayor. Yeah, yeah, basically Caesar doesn't like have the turn of heart like, oh, you know, we'll we'll all live together. Kumamatata, it'll be great. It was more like, nope, you're gone, governor. And the governor's beaten to death by like 12 gorillas with the butts of their shotgun. Yeah. And you basically just see like the, the fire like in Caesar's eyes. He's kind of like, oh, all right, shit. I guess I've started this. Yeah, like it, right. like it like pans in on him, and you can see the fire reflected in his eyes, and him yep. just watching the murder. 
Yeah, you can see like he he kind of regrets it for a sec, but then he's like, no, no, fuck them, Let's fuck them. Lean into this, this is what they deserve, and then roll credits. And I'm not gonna lie, that's a lot of even the new movies. There was a lot of pushback when Caesar wins at the end uh, of each movie. Yeah. Every time a, a, of the three, every time a movie would come out and the human beings weren't winning. There was always a contingent of people going, I, this is stupid. Uh, why, are we, why would I root for someone who's not human? It's like, well, maybe because the humans are assholes. We're not always yeah. in the right. So I would have loved to have seen the, the version where, you know, the fire is flicking in his eyes and he's like, I can't wait to kill more of these lowly humans. Well, you can go to our Amazon link and order oh, the no, uh, five-disc Blu-ray of Planet of the no. Apes. That was surprisingly <laughs> affordable. Yeah, yeah, it was like eight bucks, or yeah, I think no, it was like twelve. It was like twenty-nine. That's beer money. I I, no, no, ridiculous. I'm. I, yeah, okay, that's not bad. Please. Yeah, yeah, but it's got like documentaries and all kinds. Yeah, the of, end of them have these little fifteen-minute documentaries about the making of each film, and it's great. Please, please yeah. use the Amazon link and buy this if you so and choose. But I, I'm not. I'm going to use with my money for beer. <laughs> then we will send you beer recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, more beer. <gasps> Fun facts. What? And what we learn from Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to everything I learned from movies on your radio, phone, computer, television, or record player. Hey, this is Liz. And this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We're talking Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. Talk to you soon. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say. Ah. Yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. Yeah. No, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace.
Peace. Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it. So you don't have to. And then every other other week, we ate your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. No big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking? You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, Also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. Hi, guys. We interrupt your favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait. Isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we... I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority Complex. Yeah. Where can they find us, Patrick? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Soup Complex on Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex, and you can go to Facebook.com slash Soup Complex. But our main page is on Podbean, and you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. It's a little inappropriate. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine, what do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't the same. You tried. And we're back. Oh my god, Steve, those are the greatest ads that ever added in the history of adding. I agree, you should check all those out. And of course... Check out Matinee Heroes with our uh, lovely guest Craig. Ad free. Um, and Alan. Our we our oh. our lovely Matinee Heroes is ad free. <gasps> ad free. Wow. Yeah, we don't have any sponsors. How can you guys yeah. afford it? We can't. So if you know anybody who wants to sponsor us, <laughs> matineeheroes.com. Go ahead. Yeah, and check out their t-shirts. Their t-shirts are fucking awesome, and they have manatees. I want some shirts, Steve. Oh. I, I think I kept calling you guys Manatee Heroes to Izzy, and she's like, <laughs> "What kind of podcast is that?" Like. Oh, mat- matinee, matinee, and that, like that, movies. And that's exactly why we have the shirts. So when we first started out, a lot of our friends would send us images. There's an artist who was making these superheroes out of manatees, the the big, yeah. fat, globless sea cows. And I'm sorry, you mean the gorgeous dugongs, <laughs> emperors of the sea? Dugongs are different than manatees, but yes. Um, and technically they're extinct, yeah. yes. But... We embraced it instead of ran, uh, running away from it. So we have a mascot, Manny T. Hero, and he is yeah. in a bunch of different shirts. We have a, a beautiful Wonder Woman. We've got a great Indiana <laughs> Jones. We've, yeah. we've got a great one they did for our 100th episode. It's a montage. of It's like a collection of we've got the Terminator, uh, Rocketeer, Furiosa, the Bride from <laughs> Kill Bill, uh, uh, T- Tira Mafune, all in this little... Thing. So it's all manatees. Uh, Joel Micah Harris is our artist who does them, and they're fantastic, and they're all reasonable. They're very reasonable. So if you go to uh, man- uh, matineeheroes.com slash store, or you go to matineeheroes.myprintful.com, you can see our shirts. They're really good. They're, and I, I get stopped constantly when I go to Comic-Cons and things and wear them. People are like, oh, that's an awesome. So they're, they're, that's our revenue. Excellent. Yeah, they're awesome. 
Man, babe, I'm a little parched. <clears throat> oh, well, I have a delightful bottle of beverage here for you. Uh, also from Trader Joe's, because we did a Trader Joe's run. We have the 2018 Vintage Ale at 9% alcohol by volume. Heck yeah. Happy winter, all. Unique and limited edition, this Belgian-style ale is crafted once a year as a special treat for those who, of you who appreciate a flavorful, bottle-conditioned ale with character. Our vintage ale is rich, dark, and full-bodied ale with a fine, generous, coffee-colored beige foam. It's ready to enjoy right out... Uh, oh, sorry, right away, or you may also wish to cellar a few bottles. It will evolve in interesting ways, developing more complex flavors as the years go by. Keep this bottle upright in storage. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another right. beer I've I'm sorry, had. Sorry, it's little tiny letters on black. Oh, you've had the vintage yeah, ale? Nice. I'm, I'm shocked. I didn't think I was going to be going onto a, a, a beer podcast and actually know what you guys are talking about. God bless Trader Joe's. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to pop my top. You were giving me directions. Am I, oh, I was going to say, you just kind of slowly whittle it up. There we go. Ooh, that was a good sound. Oh, my top. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the cat is obviously deaf because he's still yeah. here. And the port? He didn't even uh, extend his claws, which is reassuring. What? Do you have a bottle or do you have a cut, babe? I do have a cut. All right. And Steve's yeah. pour. Alright, this smells Belgian-y. I can smell the, Bel the Belgian yeast right off the top. Smells... Smells a little Maillard, like it smells a little, uh, meaty. Maillard's one of those fancy terms we learned. It's, like, basically for, like, umami flavor, when you kind of get that, like, in beer or beverages you wouldn't normally think of. Like umami. the Umami. Kind of, yeah, umami. Yeah, so yeah, it totally has a dark beige head on it. It's a nice top coffee-colored beer. Steve's gone in for the sip. Mm. I got mostly head, but yeah, that's um, it's a lot like the uh, winter brew almost. Like it's got a little it's, bit of dates, so it's a little sweeter, spicier and... almost. It's got more of the like black pepper from the uh, from the yeast and that. Yeah, yeah, delightful beverage. I'm into this. Yeah, we finish off this whole nine percent bottle. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Good morning, world. So, yeah. Steve, do you have any fun facts? Super fun facts, because fun fun facts. As a matter of fact, I do. <gasps> All right, $1.7 million budget. How much do you think it grossed? Keep in oh. mind, this is the fourth Planet of the Apes movie. $10 million. Pretty close, $9 million. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, this is also the only non-G-rated film in the series. <gasps> what? Any guess what the body count was? Uh, we should have our guest, guest, our guest guess first. <laughs> uh, well, are we talking about human casualties or ape casualties? Uh, people is what it says on here. Oh, I love the <laughs> inclusiveness of that. That's very, it's very progressive. <laughs> I'm going to say the body count is somewhere in the mid fifties. Is he? Mm, I'm going to say 95. Officially it's 59. Oh, hey, Ooh. I'm good at this almost. Right? You must have been counting like, oh yeah, flamethrower guy. That's number 12. I don't know. That's all, yeah, I have, I have little check marks in my notes. So each time, and I have it separated. I think it was 30 apes and 29 uh, human beings. Nice. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> so apparently, the script opened with a fugitive baby being shot by the police. As they walked to it, the body would be revealed to be covered up in open wounds and scars, showing the horrible living conditions of the slave apes. Ooh. This was cut for what? being too gruesome. <gasps> 
I'm, so there you and go. And that's where Bobcat Goldthwait got his idea for, was it God Bless America where they shot the baby? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. One of several movies we've seen recently. Technically, it was Escape shot. of the Planet of the Apes had the baby getting shot. Yeah. They didn't yeah. zoom in on it. That was the weird part about this movie is that if you did not see Escape of the Planet of the Apes, you had no entry point. That's why you had that weird exposition walk. Yeah, with, with Ricardo Montalban, yeah. I was, I was like, oh, well, good. Glad it's out of the way. Yeah, because I was like, this is, <laughs> did I miss something? And, and uh, he, he starts explaining it because these movies, they explain way too much anyways. But I'm like, that's yeah. a weird way to start. It's just like they've already established who the characters were. It's almost like a part two and they did come out once every year for like three or four years. So it could be more of a Marvel Cinematic Universe style where you're just expected to watch the other movies. There you go. I like that idea. <laughs> we need a, an ape cinematic universe again. Yeah. And we can work in uh, Predator and Starship Troopers. and no, no. <laughs> Oh my God, Planet of the Apes against the, the bugs from Starship Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sold. All right. Ape Planetary qu- Conquest. <laughs> And then the uh, last fun fact I have, uh, we kind of went over, but uh, the movie originally ended with Caesar's yell of, That day is upon you now! And the apes beating Governor Breck to death, uh, despite Mr. McDonald's pleas. Uh, But poor testing resulted in the addition of Lisa yelling, No! Which was followed by uh, repeated footage of Caesar's speech, dubbed by Roddy McDowell, uh, to make him reconsider his decision and give the film a more hopeful tone. So yeah, I kind of like the gruesome one. <laughs> I'm yeah, not gonna lie. lie, I do too. And just because all the other ones have kind of had that that yeah. that ending where it's just like, wait, what? And then like roll credits, like to almost no music, <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, oh, so is that it? And then a new movie would come out the following year. Which, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm excited for Battle now. Well, this movie, you know, if this movie had come yeah. out in 1975 or 77, they would have kept the the dark ending. Because the 70s is known for in film to be dark endings. You know, you have Taxi Driver, Apocalypse Now. You have all these movies. Yeah. So since it was 72, they, that, that style hadn't come in yet. But had it been a couple years later, I bet they would have kept the original ending. And I bet audiences would have been more accepting of that original ending. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I guess uh, 1972, it's still basically the 60s, and everything kind of has to have a happy ending. And Yeah, yeah we hadn't impeached uh, Nixon yet. After that happened, really, <laughs> after that happened, it really, you can see the turn in film pretty much starts going dark. Because up until then, we still had faith in our institutions. And then once that happened, it was like, oh, the gloves are off. We live in a dystopian shithole. The world is ending, and it's just our fault. So on that note, what did we learn from Conquest of the Planet of the Apes? Besides that we live in a post-apocalyptic shithole. Apes make terrible bartenders. <laughs> Greg, did you learn anything? I am going to try to shock all of my trainees whenever they do anything wrong. And I'm going to scream at them while I do it. You know what? That's exactly how you should do it. That's yeah. that's the sign of a good of good training. Uh, yeah, let us know the results from that. Yeah, I'll have to get a sign-off from HR first, but if they allow it, I'll do it. I learned uh, apparently apes have fingerprints. I did, you didn't know that? Did, never. I did not know that. I, I know Izzy looked at me like, what, what do you mean? Of course they have fingerprints. And I'm like... But, I mean, 
it's never been a thing. Like, and then I asked, "Well, do cats have fingerprints?" And yeah. she's like, "Of course they yeah, do. They Everything has fingerprints." I'm like, "Do fish have fingerprints?" Yeah, they have. They have different like scale lines. I don't know. It's just something well, I never really even. They don't have fingerprints because they don't have fingers, don't but there are identifying patterns. Well, yes, yeah. anything that's got fingers has fingerprints. fingerprints. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Salamanders. Yeah, I think so. It's all the ridges. Are, yeah, because it's the, the growth the, patterns. The bugs from Starship Troopers. Yeah, it's the growth patterns of the way. It's like the way the skin layers on. Like I said, skin actually is layered on like scales. So it's just the way it grows. I, I again, so, I don't believe the bugs from Star Trek Troopers have fingers. Well, p- pincher prints. I don't know. <laughs> uh, cockroaches have fingerprints. Get the fuck out. Really? Uh huh. I soon remember reading something about that. All right. Well. All right. Shows what I know. See, I, I learn things every day. <laughs> Uh, what else did I learn? Um, I learned there are no chimpanzees in Borneo. Oh, <gasps> yeah, that's it's a. I was very impressed when they used that as a plot point because, yes, yeah. uh, orangutans and there's two types. There's Sumatran and Borneo. There's two different distinctive types of orangutans. Come from that area, and I was so. Oh yeah, I I picked out. I was one of the times like, that's why is that chimpanzee coming from Borneo? That's bullshit. Um, no, you know what? That's the thing about these movies is that the devil is in the details. They've got yeah. the details down. They know what they're doing. It's, well, it's the, it's the rest yeah. of the stuff that they kind of forget sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned uh, where there is fire, there is smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh. And in that smoke, there are apes plotting your dis- your your fall. <laughs> <laughs> your demise. That's, That's it. What That's what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Craig, thank you for joining us here talking yeah. about uh, these silly ape movies that are awesome. Um, where can we uh, find your podcast? Well, thank you for having me. I really and I actually want to make sure that everyone knows that you're going to be on. I think you already have been on. When does this come out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it could yeah. be a crossover episode. I think we're coming out on the same weekend. <gasps> so, Excellent. if you want to hear more of Steve and Izzy, and why wouldn't you? You're listening to them now. You can listen to them talk about Starship Troopers. Yeah. You can go to matineeheroes.com, or you can just find us in. Under Matinee Heroes and everything. It's one of the good things about our name. We can get everything at Matinee Heroes on Twitter, at Matinee Heroes on Instagram, you know, matineeheroes.com, all that good stuff. Uh, we come out every week, and we have a Patreon where you can join up and you can get an extra bonus episode once a month. We do events. I think we're going to both be at Comic Palooza. Al and I are both going to be at Comic Palooza, hopefully doing a live episode in front of an audience like we've done the last couple of years. I travel around doing Comic-Cons all over the place. I'll be in Salt Lake at least twice. Uh, I'll be at the Cinequest Film Festival. Hopefully we'll have some excerpts from that to put in the podcast. But we always have great guests. Uh, Past guests include Kevin Conroy, the the one and true Batman. Uh, We've had John and Joan Cusack. We've had Ming-Na Wen. We've had uh, Maximiliano Hernandez, who was Agent Sitwell from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers movies. And hopefully a whole bunch more. So... MatineeHeroes.com. Excellent. And of course, you can find us, uh, you found us at EILFM.podbean.com or on all the podcatchers. And uh, definitely hit us up on uh, Twitter. Uh, be indifferent to us on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, we're at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. And I, uh, I forget, did we already mention your amazing art? Ah, well, if we haven't, you can find all kinds of fun art. I have. Every dog breed for possibly a limited, only a limited more time uh, available on my shop. That item may be going away. But I have all kinds of uh, movie monsters who love kittens. I have super cute fun art on there. That's at untidyvenus.etsy.com. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. 
Excellent. And do you do commission work? Uh, I do upon request, well, and I reserve the right to refuse service. I was going to say, that's, that's what commission work is, is requesting specifically. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, oh, I want to know, because we may have some requests for you. Ah, well, Ooh. I am happy to work with fellow podcasts, and if somebody's got a burning desire for something, feel free to shoot me a message. But if you're a douche, please seek elsewhere. <laughs> oh, if you're going to be a douche, I will call your ass out. Fun fact, guys, the goddess... She's got a dark side. <laughs> like all goddesses do. Oh, yeah. You do not want the wrath of the goddess. Yeah, so no pervos. Unless you're a podcaster. Then it kind of goes hand in hand. I've only had one pervo, and oh. as soon as I called him out, he he jumped ship quick. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And I'm Craig. All right. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned, Learned From, from movies. movies. Have a good night, everybody. Night, everybody. <laughs>